0: Perfect. Okay. okay. I, I won't say the right Lindsay then. Okay. Although that seems weird to me now. Maybe I will. Stay tuned. Okay. I'm going to catch you off guard. Okay. Okay. Got it. Well, we here at the Modern Lady Podcast believe that this is the truth and the challenge of every
1: homemaker. I, just, I can hear you in your head saying, am I going to say it? Am I not going to say it? <laughs> Okay. Oh sorry, I'm so sorry. I could just literally hear you processing. Is it right, Lindsay? Or no right, Lindsay? Right, Lindsay?
0: <laughs> oh yes, because I overthink everything. Like literally everything. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna say right, Lindsay, just okay. because... <laughs> because See, I'm typing. There we go. Right, Lindsay? It's there. It's codified. It's there. Okay. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 65. Hi, I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Lindsay, and today we are speaking about the extraordinary beauty of ordinary life.
0: In one of his homilies from 1967, Saint Jose Maria Escriva once said, quote, there is something holy, something divinely hidden in the most ordinary situations, and it is up to each one of you to discover it. End quote being discouraged by daily mundane tasks and living and looking at the same four walls of our homes can be a big temptation for us, especially these days. But what if we were to flip our perspective around and look for the extraordinary, ordinary beauty
1: that fills our homes and lives every day? But first, if you enjoy this episode of the Modern Lady Podcast, all we ask is that you take a few minutes to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you currently use to listen to us. Your rating and review can really help our little podcast become more visible in the vast world of podcasts. We love reading your comments.
0: This week's shout out goes to Prof Bond, who thanked you, Lindsay, on iTunes for sharing your testimony several weeks ago and added, quote, Your podcasts are very well done, clean sound, and you are both excellent hosts. I look forward to catching up 60 podcasts, wow, and listening to your new creations. May God continue to bless you and your families as well as your media creations, end quote. Well, thank you so much for your rating and for your review. We hope you enjoy our past episodes up to this point, and we're so glad to have you along for whatever lies ahead for the podcast. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern
1: Lady Tip of the Week. When we think of World War II, many heroic and devastating images come to mind. But there is something else so familiar to us that we almost never really give it a second thought, and that's actually red lipstick. Red lipstick was on every woman's lips in the Allied countries. And this wasn't just a trend, it was so much more. Tax money was funneled into propaganda materials, and some of that money went into ads that encouraged women to wear red lipstick and face powder as a feminine act of war against Hitler. Hitler hated women wearing makeup, especially red lipstick and colored nails. Women were told to remove those products before getting off a plane or a train in Germany. An American makeup producer saw this as a chance to strike back in this very unique way. Helena Rubinstein created her Regimental Red lipstick, and many other companies followed and named them patriotic names like Victory Red, Jeep Red, Fighting Red, and Commando. This idea that women could put on their, quote, war face or their war paint really did bolster the moods of the men and women alike. This went hand-in-hand with Hollywood producing movies that played up the, quote, American ideal and women then desired to style themselves like the movie stars of that era. This helped stir within the hearts of the men fighting overseas a love for their country and for the women that they left back at home, and it reminded them of what they were fighting for. We might be fighting the urge right now to roll our eyes, praising ourselves for how far we've come, but that would mean ignoring the fact that there is a link between how we look on the outside and how we feel on the inside. Of course, there's a lot more to this conversation than we can get into here. But I, for one, will never look at red lipstick the same way again. Okay, I love this quote. I,
0: like you, was familiar with the image of the red lipstick mm-hmm. in World War II especially, but I didn't really know all that history. Mm-hmm. And now I'm even more inspired to find my red, right? right because yeah. as someone who actually doesn't really suit bright red lipstick, <laughs> oh, I I'm thinking, Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Now I just want my war paint, like <laughs> yes. my, my, tam- my pandemic war paint, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Right. but what a way to like, um, even like boost your own mood. Like what you were saying, it helped the women as well as the men. And I actually find it kind of romantic.
1: Yeah, I do too, notion. actually. Yeah. And you know what? There might be a lot of people out there who are laughing at that, but it is romantic. And I do get yeah. what they were getting at. And just, you know, we do look it up back at all those women and there's it's no accident that so many people like doing cosplay or dress up like World War II people, right? There are mm-hmm. a lot of women who do victory rolls and the scarves on their heads and the bright red lipstick. And that's not just because it's pretty, right? Aesthetic, like, they, yeah. right. It's not just the aesthetic. And I think that they really get that there is this incredible sense of power and wearing red lipstick. And it is it's very alluring. And I just think that um, it's something maybe we could do a little bit more than just maybe Christmas time. <laughs> Beauty is in the
0: eye of the beholder. So they say, and if that beholder is you, And what if the beauty you are to behold is contained within your very own four walls? Well, we here at the Modern Lady Podcast believe that this is the truth and the challenge of every homemaker. Right, Lindsay?
1: Yeah. And you know what, guys? We know we did an episode called Cultivating the Beauty at Home. But we were just a little baby podcast then. We were still new yeah. to all of this, right? We're babies. We're just little babies. Yeah. And, you know, we have to say that we've grown a lot more passionate about this subject as we have mm-hmm. grown the podcast because we've talked about it a lot. And now we just have some, I guess, some pretty strong feelings about it.
0: Right, and we've never been home more.
1: Right, <laughs> there's than that we are too. Right now, yeah.
0: there's a, there's another level to this yeah.
1: topic that we felt we needed to discuss. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Beauty isn't always what it seems, but sometimes beauty is exactly what it seems. So mm-hmm. there are some things that are objectively beautiful, and you know what? We can all share in the pleasure of admiring the beauty of certain buildings or cities art or even people um today is the one year anniversary of the burning of notre dame and is it today? Is it it's really? today yeah and as of the recording yes as of the recording okay so and one week ago yeah yep and so we today i mean that was a day as the world watched in horror as something that we all agree on as being beautiful was being destroyed mm-hmm. before our very eyes and to this day it hasn't been rebuilt yet. And so I think that there are things that we collectively can all say, yeah, that's beautiful. And some people we can look and go, yeah, they're beautiful. And I think that there's nothing wrong with celebrating objective beauty. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that there's, we're so visually stimulated now with social media and nonstop TV, right? Like nonstop Mm -hmm. access to Netflix and all those things that I find that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the definition of beauty has really been narrowed. And we become very frustrated when we think we immediately don't fall into this very strict parameters of what beauty is now or if our home isn't matching up to what we're seeing on HGTV or if our wardrobes don't match that. I mean, it was never that case before. There was, I feel like if you look at beauty throughout history, there was just a much more varied presentation uh, or representation of what beauty could look like
0: hmm. You're right. And I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, it's all very surface level beauty mm. for us, whereas in the past it might have been uh, beauty came more personalized. Right. Yeah. So you could look at something that might be objectively beautiful, but it was even more beautiful because you knew the person behind mm. it or because you had coffee in that home. That you think is beautiful, whereas it's different when it's on a magazine cover or it's just on an Instagram square or it's part of a, a, you know, HGTV show Mm -hmm. on TV. Um, And we don't really get to see the depth behind the beauty. So all we're left with is the rules of beauty and um, very little of the heart. And we can forget that heart has a lot to do with beauty.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so much like you're saying with the personal aspect of beauty is, um, everything is so polished, right. And so edited Mm -hmm. and so perfect, um, that what we're not seeing, we've kind of lost our ability to see the beauty in everyday life. And I know that sounds so cliched, but there really is (laughs) beauty all around us, right? Like there really is. You and I were talking before we recorded about just like some of the simple things that we think are beautiful, um, And we'll get into later how we kind of trained ourselves to see beauty. But one Mm -hmm. of my favorite things, and I was telling you this, is that I love the look of a dinner plate after you've eaten your meal and there's a few smudges of food, you know, a little bit of gravy or a little bit of red cranberry sauce and, and just uh, maybe a a piece or two of lettuce left and you put your fork and knife on it and you put your napkin. And I love looking at that image. I actually think it's beautiful to look down because then I associate it with the memories of the meal, with the feeling of satisfaction Mm. I'm having with the sounds that the meal had. But I also look at it visually and I think it's really striking to look at. And I have for years worked at and developed within myself, the ability to find beauty in those things. Um, I know there's some things mm-hmm. that you have as well that you think are beautiful.
0: Yeah. No, as, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about in my own home, things that like beauty can be different than clean. Right. Because yeah, absolutely. my concept is um, I've actually have a, a weird amount of photos in my camera about my kid's, rain boots lined up <laughs> love it <laughs> in the mudroom. I, j- I can't, I can't resist taking a picture of it. For some reason, they're all different. They're all different colors, shapes, sizes. Um, they're almost constantly caked in mud, right? So they're certainly not clean by any means. But at the end of the day, when they're lined up on the boot tray, I just think like, for some reason, this is so aesthetically pleasing to me. And I think right. it's because I associate that With the fact that my children stomped around at some point in the day outside and they had joy in that. And I I find that
1: that memory attached
0: with the vignette is striking. Right. It's the
1: image and the memory together, right? So the image can be striking on its own, can be beautiful and pleasing on its own. And it doesn't have to fit, mm-hmm. like you were saying, into the ideals of it being clean or perfect. And like you were saying with your muddy boots, you and I were also talking about how, you know, if you go through an evening walk around the neighborhood, I know I'll see a few houses with like a workman's, uh, the, you know, the man of the house, his muddy boots outside of the house by the front door. And mm-hmm. that always tugs at my heart. I look at that and you see houses lit up at night. And who doesn't like that, right? Who doesn't like that walk yes. as the sun setting and you start to see house um, houses being lit up and you see snippets of families in. We all peak, right? We we all don't, we don't, we're not peeping Tom's. We do. We we all peak a little bit. And it's Mm -hmm. because there is such beauty in those again vignettes that's such a great word of looking in through a window and then when i see those boots outside i think of the man i think of the man i don't know him but i know he worked Mm -hmm. hard that day i know he's home with his family now and i think maybe a lot of this is because you and i are such voracious readers that we love attaching stories (laughs) to everything that we romanticize everything yes we do but that (laughs) yes and i think that that actually has given us this great ability to when you romanticize things like this in your everyday life to then find joy in other things that people just might overlook mm-hmm. and actually this goes
0: along with something that i just read before we started recording i found it on a website um, called StudioCameronSmith.com, mm-hmm. and he was actually talking about saint thomas aquinas and what he had to say about beauty but this mm-hmm. part really struck me um, he talks about some of the uh, factors of beauty but there's one critical factor he says is humility and um this website goes on to say i'm paraphrasing but basically a person has to be detached enough from their own agenda to be capable of appreciating the world with a sense of gratitude and wonder right like that's what we're saying about the romanticism and going back to the website he goes on to say you know um it's this dilation of the mind the opening of the mind with that we can not only see, but then we can participate in the fullness of life itself, the fullness of truth, beauty, and goodness. And sorry, end quote. And then, <laughs> and that's what I was like, that is exactly what we're trying so hard to describe right now with the boots and the the empty dinner plate and stuff like that. It's this opening of the mind. It's this humility to, you know, detach, like, I don't need to have the perfect magazine spread of a home that then you're freed up to see beyond the surface level into the depth of what beauty is.
1: No, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right that as we have you, this is, again, another new skill. We talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. how all of these things are things that you have to be determined to learn and then to practice. And then once you've done that, it does become just an everyday part of your life. And, and I do think it helps that we are both into reading because you do, you know, people who are readers do tend to picture a lot of stories in their head um, as we oh, look definitely. around. So that definitely helps. Yeah,
0: well, it's like that meme that we were talking about, right? About the ones like, tell me I'm not the only one who, when they're carrying laundry <laughs> yeah. up the stairs with the laundry basket on their hip, that they're all of a sudden a pioneer woman yeah. biting, wiping the sweat from her brow as she brings in the wheat from the fields. That's right. Or I think the other one is like, if you're wearing a particularly long dress and walking up the stairs, all of a sudden you're <laughs> the heroine in a classic Regency era novel. <laughs> As you gently pick it up with two fingers, in case you That's trip, right. which you wouldn't, and is it not that long? If you long. have, if you have no idea what we're talking about, I'm sorry, but this yeah. is exactly the world we live in. That's right, in and we're heads. just
1: we're gonna indulge in that. I mean, who here hasn't taken their um, apron as they're filling it with eggs from the fridge or apples, feeling like you've just come in from outside with your apron full of produce from your own Jeez. back garden. <laughs> It's so funny because I entertain myself all day long with those (laughs) stories. Within my head, I do. You know, and I right now I'm reading Robertson, um, Robertson, Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yes. right, so it's like in the back of my mind all day. There's a desert island, right? And he's like building his hut, and I'm like, so you carry these stories along with you, and it's done nothing but bring joy into my life. It really has done nothing but take the mundane and the same four walls I have around me um, every mm-hmm. day, but it's created. I've been able to carry these stories within me, and. So we're going to talk to you about perseverance, though. So if you maybe aren't as inclined to escapism like you and I are. (laughs) Sometimes totally out of necessity and survival. We'll just say that. Yep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it has to be an act of the will. Sometimes you have to decide. You have to persevere through this. There is a quote um, that really sticks with me about perseverance. That's from Beckett's Unnameable. And it just says, I must go on. I can't go on. I'll go on. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Goosebumps, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There are some days where we are just going on. And we're very honest about that. We talk about how we have many days like that. And um, especially now when we're really on lockdown. Some of us are on official lockdown and some of us aren't, but we're certainly all stuck in our houses right now. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. as somebody who has really spent the last 13 years stuck in my house, I only go out once a week. That's all I've ever really gone out. So I, this is my normal life. And Mm -hmm. so I'm very used to being confined within a house and finding ways to find joy and beauty in it. And it's 100% possible but I know the temptation is is here right now more than ever to just kind of let it all go, right? To just mm-hmm. kind of mm, let a few things fall apart. But we want to implore you and then motivate ourselves, you know, as we're saying this, yes. <laughs> to make this decision to persevere in elevating your situation right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I really felt this way mostly during Holy Week mm. most recently, right? Because I, I think we uh, this is a great opportunity to flex that muscle maybe um and i know for me easter and holy week has always been a very outside of the home to be honest uh, kind of a weekend we're at church quite a lot and when we are celebrating we're often traveling to visit family and friends and this was really the first easter that i was at home and i was really discouraged on, I would say, Holy Thursday, I was finding it very, very difficult to envision what Easter was going to look like. I'm like, is yeah. it even going to look different? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it even, you know, um, what is this going to look like? And so it forced me though, if I wanted it to be something extraordinary, if I wanted it to be beautiful, that wasn't just going to happen. Yeah. I, I had to figure out how I was going to do that. And you know what? It, it happened it worked, right? Yeah. I took some I took some plants. Most of them are fake because I, you know, can't keep houseplants alive. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I found every candle in my house and I <laughs> spent so much time arranging and rearranging and fixing and moving and switching things out. And by the end, I was like, you know what? That's actually, this is actually quite beautiful to me. Yeah. But I had to be creative and think, how can I make this work? And then I had to just just do it and trust that it was going to become something in the
1: end. I was blown away by the creativity I saw um, specifically from Catholic women during um, Holy Week and over the tour of them. Me too. It's something, usually I am home during that. So, except for going to mass on Easter Sunday, usually we don't do anything. So, I'm kind of, had my own routine that I've done for the last couple of years. But, you know, I did um, an at-home tenebrae service. So, I had to I was think just of a way. I say. Yeah. To that come was up gorgeous. With, <laughs> thank you. Um, the candle holder used in a tenebrae service is called a hearse. <laughs> so... Our priest was like, do you want to borrow our hearse? And I think my husband, when he came home and he had seen the message, he didn't actually know that the hearse was a candle holder. And he's like, are we driving to the priest's house to get a hearse? Like, what? Why does our on? priest have a hearse? Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's That's happening my this
1: Easter? Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, it's a 15 holder candle holder. And so I put on my Instagram and people can see it that I luckily have many different types of stemware. And so I was able to create basically a candelabra using clear wine glasses that That, you know, rose to a center point. And as I was doing that in my head, I'm like, you can't keep a Catholic woman down. Nope. I'm going to come up the way to celebrate this beauty in our home. And I was just blown away over and over and over again by what I saw with people and non-religious friends with what they did for Easter for their families at home. I know Mm -hmm. it was easy to slip into frustration, but what I saw were people elevating their circumstances and rising to the occasion.
0: And persevering.
1: Absolutely. That is exactly what perseverance is. Mm -hmm. What it comes down to is that when you do these actions, if you're doing it from a place of love and just wanting to, again, elevate your surroundings, add a little bit more value to what you have in your home, it comes across. And it's very evident to everybody. Right. I agree. Like, even I posted on
0: our Instagram page the other day, right, a picture of my kids' breakfast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. on the ikea plate Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it was not (laughs) fancy at all uh but it was so beautiful to me i was was. like i really just have to stop and take a picture because it 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 really was the intention behind it that made it beautiful to to me anyways i don't know if yogurt cups and ikea (laughs) plates are a thing of beauty to you but (laughs) no they (laughs) uh, are but yeah i i totally get what what you're saying with the sentiment
1: behind it makes all the difference and i think that we do have that love hate relationship with Instagram or with having our phones on us all the time. But one of the things that did help train me towards beauty, and I think you'll agree is having our our cameras so readily available and seeing things as a photograph. We mm-hmm. aren't trained photographers by any means, but I think that it's helped me as I go about my day, think that is beautiful. I want to remember that. I want to take a photo of that. And that's kind of helped me look around my house maybe more in terms of snapshots and like little Kodak Mm. moments right and and so I think that there is a benefit to perhaps social media and having our phones on us in that sense Mm
0: -hmm. and once you are aware of of that these snapshots exist in your own house Mm -hmm. right then you start seeing them everywhere and one thing that I really love about noticing that too and one way I've been kind of trained to notice within my own house is the different times of day mm-hmm. and how the light comes in. So like sometimes I'll take a picture of something in the morning and then I want to take a picture of the same thing in the late afternoon because the sun is different Yeah, and it totally changes the look. And uh, I love the moody drama of the afternoon sun, but in the morning, it's so perky and fresh looking and, And so that even the different times of day as we move through our homes, like the beauty changes as the day goes on. It's the most fascinating
1: thing to be a witness to. I love that because like you're saying um you know it can shift and morph throughout our lives but like you're saying also on a more minute level. And so we've been in our house, we're in our eighth year and our the sun happens to rise directly in our backyard and it sets right out our front yard. But then as the seasons progress, the the position of the sunlight into the house changes, the angle. And so every year now I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's when it comes through the dining room at this exact angle mm-hmm. and hits that wall." Because I can go through my my photos over the last Seven years and I can see that as the seasons change. And I think right. that what I'm loving is that I'm really in tune with that. I'm noticing it, right? And then we take mm-hmm. that photo, we we take it all in. And I really believe that women have this gift and ability to seek out beauty and to create beauty and to be creative. And that we do, in our very womanhood, have this desire to nest, right? To create mm. a haven for our families. And you know, it isn't all about home decor and makeup. Some of you sew and some of you bake. Some of you bake sourdough. <laughs> I'm going to laugh about it forever. Everybody made ba- sourdough this morning. Right, there you now. go. it's personal and be careful. <laughs> careful. People, if people are wondering what I'm talking about <laughs> right now during the pandemic, everyone is making sourdough, so... <laughs> It's
0: just the thing. Note that for posterity. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Um, You know, some women do beautiful quilts or some do gardens. I can't do any of that, but all of those things Mm -hmm. are creative and they are adding your own stamp to beauty in your home.
0: Mm -hmm. You're right because there are some, I follow a lot of homesteading accounts on Instagram because I love homesteading. And I think that the garden sheds yeah. are the most beautiful things yeah. like with all the tools hanging on the walls and it's not clean and it's not pristine and it's um especially when it's in planting season or something there's things piled up like there's work being done yeah and i live for those photos i just yeah. i find them so um moving to me to look
1: at so you're yeah. right yeah i feel like with a lot of things Um, Some of us are more naturally inclined to be able to see beauty without much training, but some of us do need a bit of training. And I was really Mm. reflecting on this and thinking about how it started for me. And I realized that I have photos of my bed that I didn't just post this week on Instagram, that there are photos of my made bed going back to 1993 and (laughs) long before social (laughs) media. Oh, wow. I've been (laughs) taking photos of my bed and of my house. And so I'm going to dig through. those. But what I want to say is that so even as a young girl, um, I was always redecorating whatever little space I had. And there was a period of two months when I was 19 that I lived in a place that we called crack castle. It was actually a castle oh. and there was actually crack there. There was a lot of um, <laughs> um, drug addicts and homeless musicians living there. Um, oh. Right. You got if people have listened to my testimony, it might make a little bit more sense. Um, but we had a really cute little apartment in crack castle and I only had a room and I had like a curtain as a door, but even in that tiny room, and it was the the length of a twin bed that went side to side, wall to wall. But I made sure on my dresser, I had little collections of things. And even in one of my martini glasses is where I set all of my Q-tips. And in another one, I had some cotton balls. And so even in that place, I was doing that because I know that there is a tendency um, to, you know, look at my newly renovated kitchen and go, well, it's easy for you to find beauty places, like look at your kitchen. And yeah, I have a beautiful kitchen. We, we, we got there, but I've always, since I was 12 or 13 years old, have always taken whatever space I'm in. And I've tried to make it as beautiful as I can. I cut out tinfoil stars when I was 12 or 13 to hang from a shelf so they could glitter in the sunlight in my room Mm. and stuff like that. So, um, I, I guess it's part of my, my nature, but it, it does grow old quickly when you're sitting home with a bunch of screaming kids that you're homeschooling and you can't leave your house at all. Right. So we still mm-hmm. have to persevere in that as we were saying before. And so I think that this exercise of looking around, like you were saying at the sunlight in your home of taking even just mental snapshots of, of little areas of your house that you think are beautiful right now. I think that that's such a great exercise to do because it does really reshape your outlook so that you automatically lean towards the more optimistic or beautiful view of things instead of just constantly thinking of what you don't have.
0: Mm-hmm. And what if, um, this is just occurring to me now, what if we don't forget how much we are a part of the picture of beauty in our homes? Mm. And not even in a, in just an aesthetic way, like the red lipsticks from our tips. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking of this now. And if I look back into my childhood, I always thought my ho- my home was beautiful like my mom made my home beautiful and it you know it wasn't it wasn't like a a homes and gardens magazine type of house but what I remember is the things that I found beautiful was you know dinner cooking on the stove but mom sitting with me at yeah. the kitchen table. That snapshot in my mind was beautiful. And it had a big part to do with the presence of my mom yeah. and the, the presence of the woman who was making it all happen. And so sometimes I think part of the discouragement could also be like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I bother <laughs> in two seconds? You know, if I clean this room, they're <laughs> are going to destroy... <laughs> The back of my house while I'm cleaning this very room, right? Yeah. And I mean that in the most affectionate terms. We're just a little tender but, right now, like everybody that's else. Right. <laughs> We're feeling a bit raw. A little bit raw. <laughs> but, but what I mean to say is, like, uh, don't forget that you, for your family, for the people within your walls, you yourself
1: complete the vignette. Yes, I love that because, you, yeah, we... We obviously can't see ourselves in it and we're rarely in photos. And I, as you were saying that, I was reflecting back to my own childhood. And I've talked before about how my parents kept our house immaculate and they both worked full time jobs. Mm. But I, it was always tied into, um, Such feelings of happy energy every weekend when my parents were cleaning. My mom would crank the tunes and they happen to be the same Mm -hmm. actual records because I have her albums that I put on my record player while I'm cleaning because it ties Mm -hmm. me back to my mom and I can picture her lovingly taking care of her home. We grew up in a very small Mm -hmm. house, but I can picture her doing that. And my dad, oh, you know, taking care of the yard and climbing up on ladders and washing windows. It was this act of beautifying what they had. And I have spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks watching about a lot of domestic life and history throughout the ages and how people lived Mm -hmm. and looking at different ideas of home around the world. I mean, even... um people are sharing on Facebook right now, what it looks like to be isolated and quarantined in parts of Asia where your whole house is the size of one of our powder rooms. Right. Right. Yeah, That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I think just taking in all of this knowledge, right. From our history, from our ancestors and what we're seeing around the world, being thankful for what we have and continuing to endeavor to provide beauty to our families and understanding that beauty is often subjective and that they're finding beauty within their worlds as well. And that we all have a role to play in that and that as you said and I love that you brought this up that our kids are watching us do that and they're learning how to create beauty and watching us work so hard at this
0: okay it's time for our what we're loving this week segment of the show So, and actually this week, it's a little bit different
1: because we actually love the same thing this week, right, Lindsay? We do. There's a movie that we both watched. And speaking of movies, um, one of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode, but that we just really don't have time for, but we'll say right now is that another way to add beauty into your home is what you're watching in entertainment. You guys can go back and listen to our entire episode on entertainment if you want to know how Mm -hmm. we really feel about this. Um, (laughs) But it's not just taking away things. You and I believe it's important to then bring back in good entertainment. What did you call it? Uh yeah, entertainment that inspires. Yeah. And we As found it tears down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so what did we watch, Michelle? Not together before we get reported. We weren't together, everybody. Oh. I watched it with Jason. <laughs> yes. You watched it in your home or physical mm-hmm. distancing. Okay, what did you watch? what did we watch? And from <laughs> a safe distance, we both watched <laughs>
0: uh the the Paul, the mm-hmm. movie Paul. And what is it called? The Apostle of Christ, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Apostle and, of Christ. Yeah, and this was on Netflix. At least it's on
1: Netflix in Canada. Yeah. We're not sure about the States, which is unfortunate. Because... I've heard it's not
0: on Netflix oh, okay. in the States.
1: Yeah, but it's 100% worth your money if you have access to iTunes or a place that you can rent it. Mm-hmm. I think you can rent it maybe on YouTube as well. Um, it. I, I called you the next day and told you how I basically sobbed through the entire thing and mm-hmm. warned you. And then um, it hits you like a ton of bricks, doesn't it?
0: It does. Yeah, and I find even too after just ruminating about it. Mm-hmm. As I go throughout my day, certain parts will come to mind and it chokes me up even like a day or two now, like after watching it. Right. Um it's a really interesting movie. It really chronicles the last days of St. Paul himself. Right. Um but uh tries to tell the story of the early Christians in Rome during the persecution of Nero. Um And how badly the Christians were hunted down and persecuted then and what the Christians of the day did. And I think you and I really took a lot of things (laughs) from this, some that can relate to struggles that we have in our lives today, but also um, perspective shifting um, to put our own lives right now in proper perspective compared to what people in our history
1: have lived through. Yep. And we don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but obviously Paul dies and Luke writes a gospel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You might have heard of Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, you're absolutely right. It really has stuck with me and I wasn't prepared for that. Honestly, guys, I really... (laughs) <laughs> um, roll my eyes at a lot of Christian entertainment. I hate to say that. And I'm so sorry, but that's the truth. And so if you're like me and then you think, really, like, this is not how I'm going to spend my Saturday night. Uh, let me tell you, that's how you need to send, spend your Saturday night. It is Absolutely well done. It's well acted. It's well written. It's very moving. And it is a massive wake up call, like you were saying, about what the early Christians had to endure, what Christians are still enduring around the world, what other, mm-hmm. you know, non Christians are enduring. It's just a huge wake up call about humanity. And so that's how I want to spend my time, right? Like, that's what is important for you and I in our few spare moments um, that we have in the evening is to really watch and listen to things that inspire us to A, see where we're really at and the truth about our own lives, and then be what we can do to make it better for ourselves and for the people around us. Okay, that's
0: going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at MM Sachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time.